Live from the Governor's Conference on Tourism and Hospitality. I just spelled it with three S's. Because <laughs> I feel like that's how many S's it deserves. Oh, okay. By the way, I'm Chris McAdoo, Creative Director here at Design Sensory, and this is Best Behavior Creative Club. I'm Brad Carpenter. I'm just happy to be here. There you go. We've been spending a lot of time talking to a lot of folks the past couple of days and learning a lot about the great state of Tennessee. And to this episode, we've got Jenny Veal joining us, and we also have Beth, Beth Morrow from Lipscomb University. She's just hanging out over here. Yeah. Her exact words were lurker. Lurker. But I, that's, I don't, you're not lurking. You're just, you're part of it. You're part you're, of it now. You're in. You're yes. In. You're and we are in. happy to have you and anybody else. Jenny. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what brings you here. Well, I work for the Southeast Tennessee Tourism Association, which is part of economic development at a regional planning agency in Southeast Tennessee. It's called the Southeast Tennessee Development District. It's a lot of development words. But we work with the 10 counties of Southeast Tennessee, and so my job is to uh, work with them on tourism development and tourism marketing. So what is your passion what brings you here? What really brings you here? What do you love to see people doing? Well, in Southeast Tennessee, we are just totally about the outdoors. Um, uh -huh. You know, Chattanooga is such an outdoor town. And so a lot of what we have to offer in our region is outdoor recreation, which I love because my background is in uh, outdoor education and conservation. I also worked as a freelance writer, writing about travel writing or travel opportunities for families outdoors and conservation topics. So it all works really nicely together. So I get to work with a lot of different partners in Chattanooga and in our region and just kind of help connect them and help develop water trails and blue ways, trail systems. We're working on a mountain bike park potential right now. So a lot of really cool projects. That's fantastic. So how long have you been in, you know, you, you, seems like you did a couple of things. Like how long have you been on the conservation track? Like what, what's your... You know, what do you, how long have you been doing that and what do you think? A long there? time. I started uh, back in college, I think, okay. when I was a journalism uh, student at UT Knoxville, diving into conservation and taking some environmental journalism classes. So it's probably where it all began. But then I was working in marketing and journalism for several years, but got an opportunity to work in marketing at a nature center in Chattanooga. It's a reflection riding, arboretum, and nature center. So I worked there for five years and was really um, not only doing marketing for that place, but fundraising and ultimately became the executive director and was writing grants to support our environmental education services there. So I think that's really kind of where my passion began. Um, it's when I was there when Richard Louvre wrote the book, No Child or, or Last Child in the Woods, which was a great book, but was also very discouraging at the time. Provided great information for grants on why we needed to be doing outdoor education. But the good news today is people, I feel like I'm very hopeful about where we are now. So many people love to be outdoors. So many families are spending time outdoors now. And through my work in tourism now, just seeing all the people that are coming to Chattanooga and our region to rock climb and hike and paddle, we've really come a long way, I think, since that book was published. So, But my passion is, is ultimately just to that people experience the outdoors and also to protect the outdoors. I think in a lot of our communities, while we're talking about outdoor recreation development. We're also talking about placemaking and design guidelines and ways to help protect the authenticity 
of these communities as they grow, because people are coming to Tennessee, no doubt, and they are coming to some of our major destinations, but they're also going out into our region to experience the outdoors. So I think it's important that we be thinking about 10 years down the road, that we are protecting these places and that they still feel authentic in 50 years. Okay, so we're talking about placemaking. I love where you're going, not just thinking about what's gonna help this season and the next, but what's gonna help 10 years, 50 years down the road, like you say. And what can we learn or what can we be doing as a, regardless of if you're outdoor tourism or anything, what are some of the steps that you guys are taking to make sure that that happens? Or what do you, or what are the steps that you want to be taking to make sure that that happens? Right. Well, I went to a really great conference this last year through the, um, uh, it was called About Gateway Communities up in Shepherdtown, West Virginia. And Ed McMahon, who's a wonderful author and supporter of placemaking initiatives in the country was there and speaking about gateway communities that are either dealing with over tourism at this point and how they're dealing with it or looking at how to prevent some of those things from happening down the road so it's really eye-opening to me so I bought his book, Ed McMahon's book, Gateway Communities, okay. and it, I would recommend it highly because it gives a lot of examples of small communities that have made great progress with placemaking and doing some things even outside of zoning. It doesn't always require zoning in communities to protect your community. There are ways that you can create guidelines of what you want a place to look like in 20 years. So what we're doing is I've taken that back to Southeast Tennessee and we're starting with a community in a distressed county. It's Tracy City, Tennessee. They're in a beautiful area on the South Cumberland Plateau between Chattanooga and Nashville. Very historic community, you know, used to be a coal mining town. And we are meeting with their community members and just beginning those conversations, talking about branding, but also talking about as we build things, what do we want them to look like? What do we want this place to look like? So it's just really gathering the community together and making sure that the leaders in that county and in those towns are a part of the conversation and talking about those things and then creating documents to, that we can kind of move forward with as leadership changes. Well, I think you're probably you're probably sparking on something that gets to the heart of a lot of people's issues is those leadership changes. Mm -hmm. So I want to I want you to kind of grab grab a hold of the idea of the communities coming together and writing those guidelines that regardless of administration, regardless of that that changeover, is something that people can can grab onto and I think one of the things that what you're saying here is that you want to be very purposeful about the things that you are deciding. It's not political. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the community as a whole. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the, what are some of the challenges that you face in that process, as well as some of the opportunities that you've seen and the things that you're being able to work through? Right. I think the challenge is so many of our communities do not have zoning. And a lot of our rural areas don't want to talk about zoning. So you have to kind of get over that hump of that we don't, we don't need to start there. So just having the conversations is very helpful and kind of diving into it slowly. And I think as our goals and interests or the group's goals and interests develop, that we can start talking about logistically how that's going to happen 
I know in Pittman Center, Tennessee, which is right up above Gatlinburg, they went through a design guideline process and actually Ed McMahon helped them through a grant to go through that process. And they were very intentional on keeping the commercial growth that was happening in Gatlinburg from spreading north into their community. And they set up a planning commission that would withstand the test of time. You know, oh. So it wasn't up to just the county mayor and commissioners anymore. There was now a, a planning commission in, in process that would hu- uphold those guidelines. And they did get into a lot of zoning. Not everybody has to do that. All right. That's, yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot of times so much of, of, of what you do and a lot of the folks that are in this industry do you deal with folks that are on one side of the aisle or the other and you have to take into account so much so much history the things that people value the experiences that people value and the things that you know you're talking about this area is 50 years but then you're also talking about you know someone who's been in that area how is their kids how's their grandkids going to enjoy this and all that so being able to get that community buy-in and and being transparent with what you're trying to do. And one of the nice things about the word placemaking is sometimes when you go in and just say tourism, people just think of visitors in their community. But tourism development is much more than that. Like we need to be thinking about the people that live there. Mm-hmm. For an example, uh, we were, we're developing branding and wayfinding signage for a beautiful region in Southeast Tennessee called the Sequatchie Valley. And in our first round of design of signs, they're very simple, it's three stars, it says Sequatchie Valley, but initially it said discover Sequatchie Valley because we're thinking tourism. Well, Dave Jones with the State Tourism Office, who I just love, was looking at it one day and he said, you know, the people that live there aren't discovering it. I was like, you're so right. Like, why would, this is not just for tourists. Right. And we need to be thinking about the people that live there. And ultimately, what you hope is what you develop through tourism will also benefit the quality of life for the people that live there. And in turn, that helps economic impact by bringing in companies that want to come be in a place where the quality of life is is great, where there's rock climbing and paddling and trails and greenways and the infrastructure needed. It kind of serves both populations and I think it's a more holistic approach to tourism when you consider the people that live there as well. Well, I think you're hitting on something really interesting that a lot of people are talking about is that overlap, Mm. that the quality of life that a a community offers means that economic development can happen. Mm -hmm. It means that people want to move there, they want to live there, they want to work there, they want to raise their families there. What have you seen, I mean, you know, I guess in 10 counties in Southeast Tennessee, right, like, have you been able to experience any of that, like the economic development side of it, seeing companies move in, seeing, you know, who's, who's been moving in, like, oh wow, this is a great place, we're gonna choose to come here, or we're gonna choose to expand here, or we're gonna choose to do this, rather than somewhere else, because of that quality of life. Yes. We can attract those workers, we can attract that, you know, that kind of a thing. Definitely. We had a German company that was looking at the Sequatchie Valley recently, and one of the first questions that they asked our economic uh, development folks that were there was, is there any rock climbing to do around here? And are there trails? That was their first question. So it is incredibly important, I think, when people are at corporate offices, they're making decisions about where they're gonna plant their, their people. One other example of that's been really exciting this last year of a company coming into an area is Grundy County, um, again, where Tracy City is, and which is located on the South Cumberland Plateau. 
it's a distressed community. The whole area was coal mining and um, so as far as ARC's category, they're distressed. This last year, the Caverns, which is the home of Bluegrass Underground, oh, made a yeah. decision to move into their own cave. They were at Cumberland Caverns and leasing the space, but they purchased their own cave in Grundy County in a beautiful area. And that has been such a huge driver for that county. And for it to be a distressed county makes it even a little more special. So residents are really f trying to focus on how do we connect with the people that are coming here from all over the country and even the world to see these musical acts. And it's bluegrass and beyond. They're doing the, the series Bluegrass Underground, but they're also bringing in young, fresh acts. So that's a huge new driver for that county and I can already see so many things happening there. Um, a new zip line facility opened up called Big Bigfoot Adventure uh -huh. up near Tracy City and they are partnering with the caverns. There's lots of Airbnb activity going on up there because you know if you bring in 700 to a thousand people for a concert, they need places to stay nearby. Jim Oliver Smokehouse, which is a place up on the on the mountain that's been there for many, many years, a family-owned restaurant and lodge, and they have the quaint little cabins. They're partnering with the caverns, and this has been a huge impact for them. So there's lots of good things happening. The good news is the folks that own the caverns are very conservation-oriented, and they really want to see that place retain its character because it's beautiful. It's in this timeless valley. You're looking at the mountains. So they have that intention, I think, as they grow as well. That is wonderful. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm entranced. Like, I'm just like, yes, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more about this game. <laughs> you have to go. If you want to go, I'll get I you hooked up with let's tickets. Go. It's unbelievable. Let's go. I'll bring some influencers. We'll record it all. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. I love it. Well, Jenny, I think we've had a wonderful conversation. I, I appreciate you so much. Is there anything else that you kind of want to leave an audience with about? Well, I, and I do want to talk. You are a world traveler as well. To some degree. Right? Am I right? Am I right? I am going for the first time to Vienna and Croatia in about a month. I'm very excited. Right. It's kind of happened overnight. But, um, yeah, I love to travel. And I have two teenagers, so I love to get them out and see the world. I love it. Well, hopefully people get to see a little bit of your world in Southeast Tennessee. We thank you so much for joining us Thanks. again. I'm Chris McAdoo. I'm Brad Carpenter. And this has been Best, Beha Best Behavior Creative Club.